Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Uh, Welcome back. Thank you for continuing to listen and making a commitment to your learning. We hope that you are doing exceptionally well since we're talking about mental health. We hope everybody's being healthy. We are your hosts. I'm Yvonne Brandenburg, and I am joined by the amazing Jordan Porter. Hello. Hello. Uh, So, uh, wow, this, this last week has been kind of kind of interesting. I mean, oh my God. I feel like we're focusing more on mental health. So <laughs> just a, just a touch. It was just a touch. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it's, it's kind of interesting, like just going through, like, I don't know, just putting notes together and then seeing, I feel like, I mean, there's been such a focus on mental health in the, probably the last six months in veterinary medicine anyways, but, mm-hmm. um, I think it probably is because we're also looking at it (laughs) for sure. Well, and I think because we're going through it, we're looking at it. um, And now that I feel a little bit more like, I guess, connected with it, even though it doesn't feel like it's, I don't know, veterinary related in like my own mental health doesn't feel veterinary related. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm, I still see it and like, I don't know. Yeah, I see no, what I'm doing wrong on a daily basis, and then I see. Ah, I mean, you know. so I think the the interesting thing that it's like, you know, so many people go, well, there's there's so many mentally unhealthy people in veterinary medicine, and I'm like, well, it, so what came first, right? Like the mental unhealthiness or the profession? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it really is individual, right? Like some people start with it and then get into this and then other people start with the profession and then get into like a little bit of mental unhealthiness. And I think, I don't know, the more I'm like looking into this, I think part of the problem is I know a hundred percent in when I was in tech school, like we didn't talk about how to be healthy. No, not at like, all. I mean, that was you don't, not part of the we conversation don't talk about it in high school or anything. Like, yeah, it, no. it, it's kind of mind blowing. But no, I mean, like, I I one hundred percent believe that even if I wasn't in this field, I would still have mental health issues because it's just my personality. Well, and and it's like I'm like going and I'm reading like Psychology Today and all these like websites, and it and and it's interesting because, um some of the statistics even just say the population in America in general, one in five people have some sort of mental health ailment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. issue. Ailment. Cause I don't want to say problem. I don't want to say like disease, but one yeah. in five people have something. And I think, you know, you know, is that a symptom of our society? Is that just because the stigma for mental health has been strong for a long, long time. I mean, Um, I do, I had this conversation with someone. I was like, I think about how I was as a kid Uh and how my daughter currently is um, and how I am now. And 
I very much had some like mental health issues when I was a kid. I was very much like my daughter. I needed straight A's. I remember crying anytime I got a B. Like I remember constantly worrying about homework. Like mm. I've probably had, well, I definitely have had OCD like my entire life, but it was one of those things where like, I think back then it was like, I talked to my parents about it a little bit because it was like back then everybody just wanted to put a bunch of kids on ADHD medication, but they never really investigated mm like what was really going on. So my brother and I were very different. They wanted to put my brother on ADHD medication. He's brilliant. He just doesn't know how to like, if he learns something too quickly, he's bored and then he's off trying to do his own thing. So ADHD, Mm. whatever, like, you know, and then you have me who's like perfectionist. Nothing's ever good enough. Even though, so I mean, that's the thing is like, and and we will talk, we're talking about that throughout the series too, is like, why aren't we being taught skills to help ourselves? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause my parents didn't know how to help me. And it was just one of those things where it was, it wasn't really talked about as to like how to help your children. I mean, it's still not, I still have no clue how to help Bailey. Like Mm. I don't, you know, it's like, and it's, it's one of the, it's that thing again, where just like I said for myself, like, I don't really want to be on medications, but I now see that medications are helping me, but like to put my nine-year-old on medications to get her to like, I don't, like, I don't, it hurts uh-huh. me to say that there's something wrong with her, that she needs medications, but it also hurts me to say that like, she's so high strung, like she's so stressed out for a nine-year-old kid because she's exactly like me. She's exactly like me. And I feel like my parents kind of blew it off and they're like, well, that's just your personality. And like, that's how it is. And now at 30, I'm like <laughs> mentally breaking down and I don't want that yeah. for Bailey. It is a really huh. weird like topic. Yeah. And it's I think, like, you don't know what steps to take. Right. Yeah. And I think just, <laughs> just like this last year has kind of put a microscope on our industry. I think, I think it had been a long time coming um, because I don't think this last year, I think it just compressed a lot of stuff. I don't think that it wasn't already kind of coming like all the, 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 the burnout and the compassion fatigue and, and everything that, that we'd experienced. I think it just became more noticeable because, you know, we talked about it last week, all the, the stuff that we use, our coping mechanisms weren't available. So it's, and we haven't been taught how to appropriately deal with those things you know, ourselves. So I think, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's a lot we can potentially learn as an industry, as a profession from this last year. And I know there's been some amazing groups and we will, we'll talk about those in the resources um, episode too, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's kind of interesting and crazy and definitely eye-opening. Um, I think that's the one good thing about COVID though, is it really brought it to the forefront. Like, yeah, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like now every, not that <laughs> it's, like, it's the abscess that needed to be lanced. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those things where it's like, well, now so many of us are suffering because of COVID that the people who were suffering prior to are like, okay, yeah, this is what I was going through. But like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's like, yeah, it's like that catch 22 where it's like COVID sucks and all of this really sucks well, and but it's like kind of interesting like the, the way you kind of say that too is in a weird way COVID almost took the stigma 
away from 100%. it. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Because That's... we're like, yeah, everybody's going through it, which is kind of an interesting way to think about that too, that all of a sudden, because a majority of people are going through it now, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's what it is. This is Let's totally deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. And I think huh. that's where it's like, I think that's where like me suffering before COVID happened. I just thought it was me. Like I was always just like, that's my personality. I'm well, and I think high strong. And then I think like once COVID happened, it was like, well, it's not specifically veterinary medicine that's making me crazy, but I need veterinary medicine to be less neurotic like I need (laughs) like I've I've learned that I need certain things to like keep my brain stable for sure yeah and I think um I think it 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 was something that was probably smoldering that you were dealing with right for sure like and you were still able to function high functioning anxiety (laughs) high functioning and I think I think think the additional stressors of that we've talked about a number of times I think it just made it that much worse right sure. like it like it really just made made so many things flare up for both of us for all yeah. of us kind of thing so um, like I said it's one of yeah. those things where it's like it just like rapidly brought it to the forefront that like mm-hmm. I couldn't run away from it anymore you know it's like yeah. <laughs> and same for you like we just Mm-hmm. because of COVID, like we couldn't run away from it anymore. We didn't have our normal coping mechanism. So we actually had to face it head on, which is, and you're like, Ooh, that's ugly. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> right. All right. Well, before we keep going, cause we'll just, we keep will, going. we'll just keep going. Um, we just got to put this out there. So today, um, we, kind of, sorry, we kind of switched things up like literally last second because we realized we need to discuss and kind of give some definitions to things first before we talk about how to figure out how you're doing. So we're sorry, we, we switched it up last minute. Um, but we, today's episode is going to be understanding burnout, compassion, fatigue, and depression. Um, and just understanding kind of what the differences are and, and putting a little bit of definitions on those things, because we realized we kind of had to know what we were talking about before we said, Hey, what do you, what, where are you at in your world? So we kind of switched it up. Sorry guys. Um, before we keep going first and foremost, please remember we are not mental health professionals. (laughs) We, um, your veterinary technicians, we recommend you seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified provider with any questions regarding your mental health. We understand that these subjects are very sensitive um, subjects, so some of the conversations may be triggers for certain people. Uh, If you are feeling suicidal, thinking of harming yourself, or concerned that someone you know may be in danger of hurting himself or herself, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline or Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255 or visit your local emergency room. So there is also a crisis text line um, in the U.S. and Canada. The the number is 741-741. And all you have to do is just text HOME, so H-O-M-E. And you can speak to someone through text messaging 
24-7, which is really nice. So even in the middle of the night, if you don't necessarily want to get, jump on the phone, you can, you know, text someone. And and, and sometimes that's nice because it's a little bit more anonymous too. I, agree. Um, I think there's something different to be said for like texting versus like even just talking speaking. on the phone. Yeah. It's, it's just, sometimes it's just hard to speak. Yeah. It's just- <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they also have in the UK, um, they have, so their phone, well, their text number is eight, five, two, five, eight. Um, and again, just text home to that. And then you can text with someone and then in Ireland as well, which is kind of interesting, which is their phone number is five, zero, eight, zero, eight. And again, just text home. Um, if you are in different parts of the the world, I don't know. what texting capability you have, but, um, those are at least some options. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're in different place, just, I mean, I did a Google search, so, um, (laughs) (laughs) the information in this podcast episode is intended for, uh, to help listeners learn about mental health and suicide prevention. It is for informational purposes only. This episode should not be used as a substitute for medical advice. Again, we're not mental health professionals. <laughs> it should not be a substitute for counseling or other health-related services. Yeah, so we said this last week, though, that uh, this episode or this series in general will not be race-approved because they, we're not mental health professionals. <laughs> because we're not mental health professionals. We are <laughs> mental health advocates. Mm, getting there i feel like we're getting no, we're definitely advocates for it just because for sure. we're in the middle of it doesn't mean that we're not advocates for everybody no else. i mean i'm i'm pro <laughs> mental health i just anyway so it will not be race approved um yeah but we don't mind talking about it because i mean obviously we like to talk yeah yeah we do <laughs> once a week we get to talk to all these lovely people this is very true well, um, I say we get to talk. They get to listen. They listen. They listen to us babble at them. Yeah. Um, and then Jordan and I, we kind of we realized we we did talk about some of this a little bit last year in episode thirty six, the upping your tech game, staying healthy. Um, we just kind of touched on it briefly. So mm-hmm. this is uh, there is some information in that episode. I'm sure it's a little bit different than today. Um, plus we've learned more since then. <laughs> so, definitely. So we're going to, we're going to talk about it all today. Um, yeah. that episode was definitely more like burnout and compassion fatigue, which we'll talk about again, but more details this time. We're definitely more prepared this time. Yeah. Well, and I, it, yeah, I definitely think we're more prepared. I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of prepared and kind of not prepared for this episode, which is I feel like I'm still falling under that imposter syndrome. (laughs) Like, like, Ooh, should we really be talking about it? Okay. We'll just talk about it. I'm totally the like most mentally stable person to be talking about mental stability. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) (laughs) that laugh just says it all. I mean, we'll just, whatever. We'll just, we'll just do it. We do what we want. Dang it. Right. Um, so we've got a couple of definitions and we have some new ones that we're going to incorporate into this episode that we didn't talk about in that, the, the other episode. I was pretty pumped to find these definitions. I don't know why. I think it's just because I was like, holy crap. Like this is truly 
veterinary related. Yeah. And I think this, I think these definitions were from the AVMA website, right? The well-being. So this was really cool. So I, and I never heard this term before and I love it. Um, This is going to be, you know, I think something I want to focus on going forward because I'm a weirdo and I do like focusing on positive things, which is why I can't do scary movies, but I can do cartoons because I like focusing on the positive. That doesn't make you a weirdo, but this reading this (laughs) definition um, actually made me realize why I was struggling so hard when I wasn't working. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. So So. this is uh, compassion satisfaction. So this compassion satisfaction is a degree of fulfillment, a sense of purpose and satisfaction derived from working as a care provider. This can involve positive feelings towards colleagues, contributions to the work environment and or gratification from caregiving. Um, This to me is a big one. Yeah, I think- Like it's a big deal. Yes, and I think it'd be interesting- because you know, uh, we've talked about like not one more vet support staff. I love that they do. For sure. The, what uh, what are their days where it's like name three things that you've done this week that has been awesome kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think um, I think one of the the good things to do is instead of always focusing on the negative, is try to focus on the positive because you know they do say like mental health wise that it is it it helps. It helps train your brain, right? To, to see the more positive things. So you got to like reset because it's so, I mean, like, it's so easy to sit there and focus on the negatives when you're feeling down in the dumps already, you know, it's like, it's so easy to just fall into, well, it doesn't matter. Or, Mm -hmm. I mean, like we joke about it at work and it's things that we probably shouldn't, but like the jinxes at work, like (laughs) how dare you say it's quiet and like, oh my God can't believe you right now <laughs> it's sunday <laughs> <laughs> i'm on call today jordan <laughs> right <laughs> sorry it's funny because my boss doesn't believe in him slow. either <laughs> like how's the day going and i'm like well laundry's done and he's like so it's slow i was like shh don't say that you're like oh thanks a lot <laughs> yeah 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 but no i mean like i agree that compassion satisfaction is a big it's a big deal. And I do think that we need to sit there and focus on more of the positives. Like I just had this conversation with a coworker because I'm better at giving advice than taking my own advice. Um, (laughs) I don't think any of us are like that. (laughs) So, but like she took in a dog that someone relinquished because it's a young dog who is, um, has cancer Mm. and it's Mm -hmm. a really like sad case. And she's like, it's going to break my heart. I'm going to be devastated, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but think of the good that you're doing. Mm. You know, like think of all the care. Euthanasia suck, right? (laughs) Like we all know this. Euthanasia suck because it's sad. But when people ask me how I deal with it, my go-to answer is like, I'm making them feel better. Like I am helping them to feel better and not suffer Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm also giving them love that, like they've, even if they've never met me before, I am giving them love before they pass on. Yeah. And to me, that's super important to feel like I got that connection before euthanasia mm-hmm. versus it just being like a, 
injection and go you know it's like I like yeah. to make them feel special I'll give them a piece of chocolate I'll give them a cook I'll find something and I'm like even if you're because most of my patients aren't eating I'm just like right the fact that I offer it to you and like just you know when you just get that look in their eyes and you can tell when like animals say thank you and it's just like that means a lot to me yeah. and then to like end their suffering then euthanasias aren't so hard I think well and I think for us veterinary professionals too with the whole euthanasia versus a traumatic death. Um, yeah. I will take a euthanasia over a traumatic death any day. You know what I mean? Like we, sure. we all know what that looks like, whether that's, you know, they crash during anesthesia or they crash because, you know, they came in hit by car or GDV or what, whatever it is. Like I will take a euthanasia over most of the times over just like them dying on their own. Cause again, euthanasia means good death. Right. So yeah, exactly. And it, I mean, even those hard deaths though, like my own dog passed away from like just one of those really like traumatic experiences for mm. me, even though I had been in this field for a while and it was just like, I don't know. I try to spin a positive on it. Like, you know, it's like, you try to just remember he was great up until that moment, you know, right. Yeah. He had a great life up until that moment. That moment doesn't define his life. Yeah. But it's hard well, to remember, like, or hard to not remember how things die and it sucks. Right. Well, and I think too, I mean, cause we kind of touched on it last week is like, um, I joke about my crispy technician shell, right. Mm-hmm. And how I compartmentalize. And I think a lot of us do compartmentalize. Um, and I think that's something we, I don't know if I want to say get better, but uh, we get more proficient <laughs> at compartmentalizing the longer we've been in this field. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's our way of dealing with, you know, compassion stress. So mm-hmm. we should define that because that's the next definition, right? Compassion stress is the unavoidable stress experienced when helping others in distress or harm's way. This stress is expected it's natural and unavoidable in the healthcare field and is derived from a sense of responsibility and desire to alleviate suffering unless addressed compassion stress can escalate to compassion fatigue. So this is, um, again, AVMA, thank you for these, for these. I know the AVMA is great. These are amazing. We, you know, the, the longer we've been in the, in the field, the more we have been exposed to compassion stress, like again, unavoidable. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think we have to figure out a way to deal with it. And so one of the ways that we do that is that compartmentalizing. Cause again, we talked about it a little bit last week, but you know, going from like a euthanasia to a new puppy exam, like you can't bring the euthanasia with you. Mm -hmm. Um, it would be nice if there was a way, like if we all just remember to take a breath, like after, you know, it's like, allow yourself some time, like, where it's just like, those patients that come in and I'm sure we've all had those cases where they're just like, they look like they're suffering or the people can't mm-hmm. afford to do stuff or they just don't want to do stuff, even though yeah. they can afford to do stuff. That's stressful for us because we want to help the patient, but I don't think it's healthy for us to sit there and blame the client. You know, it's like, Oh no, much, definitely not. Yeah. As much as like, it's very frustrating because you just want to help these pets. And then you have the clients who are like, well, why can't you just fix it for free? And I'm just like, to not, I don't know really how I want to put it, but it's like, I, 
it's like a do as I say, not as I do, obviously some days, because it's like (laughs) some days I get very frustrated and I'm just like, I can't, why do I do this? My boss and I had this conversation because he was like, why do I do this anymore? Like, and I'm just like, because we make a difference, right? Even if this client can't see that we make a difference. (laughs) Right. Oh my God. So true. do you, cause did you see the post, um, and not one more vet this week that was from colon marmalade? Mm-mm. So colon marmalade, um, I just started following them recently. It's really cute. It's like a black cat and an orange cat colon marmalade. Get it. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and Cole is, um, getting like radiation therapy for like, no, I think I a tumor in his nose And the owners just like wrote this amazing, just like post about veterinary professionals and thanking, you know, thanking us and referencing not one more vet support staff, which was amazing. Yeah. And, and it was just, I I was like, oh, wow. Like I felt like, wow, thank you for recognizing that. And then I read the comments and like, I just started crying because, and I'm thinking, I'm like almost crying, just thinking about it because like so many people just posted the most amazing and wonderful and sweet, like responses to that post. That's good. And I was like, I just need to like print all these out and put them around me. (laughs) right? Dude, I think so. Because like, you know how Uh, quickly like your attitude can change by one negative comment that you forget about that one amazing post where somebody actually took the time to sit down and think and write. And then you have (sighs) say one person come up and go, well, all they care about is the money. You know, it's a simple, just like a, a simple little stab, yeah. but it ruins your day. And well, the fact and that I we think, let it ruin our day is yeah. like such a bummer. Well, and I think it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's like, um, the service industry in general, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have more people just bitch and complain about stuff because it's easier to make that scathing like post than be like, oh my God, I had the best experience at my vet today. Like so-and-so got cookies. Yay. Like it, people aren't usually posting amazing things. Like but I think that's more likely to get the negative ones, but that's but, what's wrong with society though, too. Right. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, yes. but we all do that. Like mm-hmm. when was the last time that you left a good Google review? I've done it a couple of times because I know how much it sucks to only get bad ones. <laughs> no, I know. But I'm just saying like my boss but, and I were talking yeah. about this. Cause like, I have not left very many good Google reviews. I mean, like I do try to really make a point to like, let someone know that like, Hey, you know, you did a great job, like helping yeah. me today. Like, thanks so much. But like, it, it's almost so much easier. I don't know. I feel like the world right now, it's just a lot. It's just easier to focus on the negative because it's like, oh, 100%. I feel like it's more sensationalized is- then too. Yeah. And it's like positive stuff is kind of expected. So you kind of expect to be treated at least like neutrally or well throughout your day that you don't make a note of the fact that like someone did something Mm. like special for you or like positive towards you. Yeah. That like the moment something negative happens for some reason, all of a sudden, like, because it's such bad manners, like we have to call people out on it. And I'm just like, Mm why not like it's like you know how you train a dog with positive reinforcement (laughs) instead of rubbing their nose in it yeah it's the exact same concept like why aren't we more positive out in the world as a as a whole well it's like negative reinforcement I talk it's funny because um I talk about this at work all the time 
um, because the clients that act freaking horribly and mm-hmm. are jerks will get like discounts on their bills yeah. or they'll get like someone just be like, I'm so sorry. And they get like, all or they'll stuff get the I'm doctor like, who talks to him only. Right. And I'm <laughs> like, cool. So we've just completely done negative reinforcement with this client. So they behave badly and get better service. Yes. I'm like, what about my amazing client that she comes in, she schedules her appointment once a week, once every other week. She never complains about a bill. She does she's everything. Always she's always, she's early. She's on time. She's given us candy for the holidays. Whatever she doesn't it mind is. If we're running late. Like, right. Why can't we just be like, you know what? We love you and you behave amazingly. We're going to discount. We're going to, you, you don't have to pay for today's visit. Yeah. Now I Why wanna, can't we do that? So my Why? boss does do that. <laughs> like he's really good about being like, so-and-so is such a good client. This, this rechecks free today. And I'm like, great. But <sighs> he's also really like, he gets really upset by like negative people and negative, mm-hmm. like he will bend over backwards for people who are like, if they come in bashing the regular vet and he's like, well, I don't want them to do that to me. And we're not going to say <sighs> regular vet. Cause we want, we want to support our regular vet. And I'm like, yeah, but like at the same time, they need to. I feel like it's not my place, but like, if, well, maybe it is my place. I don't know. <laughs> but it's not okay to talk bad about your family vet. Like, and so I told this to a client the other day because she was saying something about it. And I was like, but they referred you here because they were unsure. Right. I was like, that is a good thing. Yeah. I was like, because they admitted that they were unsure and they referred you to us because we have more experience with blah, blah, blah disease. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I try to turn those situations around of like, your, your family that did do a good job. Yeah. You know, and, and let's be real. (laughs) We work internal medicine. I couldn't tell you about the vax. I had to Google vaccine schedule because someone asked me the other day and I was like, Oh, someone asked me about some (laughs) prevention and they're like, does this do ticks? And I'm like, uh, right? I'm, like, I'm like, that is not my forte. Can you, can you <laughs> yes, I know right about them, but why, we don't prescribe it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh, I, yeah. I feel like, I mean, we are on topic, but it's just like, I feel like the world needs a whole like positive reinforcement. Like we all, yeah. I mean, texts included and veterinary professionals included, like we need to find a way to be, you know what? Like I had this one bad client today, but here's what I did do well today. Oh like, yeah. Know, Yes. We saw this three month old puppy. She got her first vaccine and you know what? She didn't have a vaccine reaction. Woo-hoo. She also didn't cry. And like, you know, it's also like, freaking adorable. And I smushed her. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's simple little things of like, we need to be better. Just humans in general need to be better about like the positive reinforcement. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Well, and it's kind of interesting because I've been thinking a lot about the quote unquote unicorn clinics. Yeah. And I'm like, any clinic has the potential to become a unicorn clinic. Very much so. Because it, I think it really is about job satisfaction. It is about compassion satisfaction. Um, And I think all those things really play into it. And I think it's, it's like mental health in general, right? So it's practice health right? Once your, your practice is healthy with its employees, you're going to be a unicorn clinic. Mm -hmm. Like you can change things. You can be the person making the change in your clinic to help create a unicorn clinic. 
Very much so. Like my clinic um, was I don't think they not... just like miraculously appear. I think it's hard, hard work to make a unicorn clinic work. For sure. Because like my clinic was not a unicorn clinic when I first got there. There was very negative staff members and mm-hmm. we've hired negative staff members since then. Mind you, my group right now, like we're all really close and it's gotten like, I didn't think it could get better, but it's gotten better. Like nice. we do a really good job of communicating. Like we obviously still have our days and where we're super stressful. Like my boss is super stressed, but I made a comment to him the other day. I was like, cause he asked me what a unicorn clinic was. I was like, well, we're a unicorn clinic. And he's like, why? I was like, Aww. several reasons. I was like, one, when was the last time you placed an IV catheter or drew blood? And he's like, oh my God, it's been years. I was like, that's why I was like, because <laughs> you, uti- I was like, you utilize your technicians. He's like, yeah, you know, it's crazy because clients will like, they want the doctor here. They want the doctor doing these specific things. They want the doctor monitoring these patients under anesthesia or <laughs> monitoring patients who are hospitalized. He's like, but I try to tell clients like, you don't want me doing this, <laughs> right? Like, I don't you want, want my, my doctor doing it. <laughs> I was like, that's why you are part of a unicorn clinic is because you also inform clients who they want to be caring for their pet. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're the brains behind all this, but you tell them that they want us. Yeah. And then like, cause you, you guys know, are the brains and the skills of the n- nursing care. Yeah. And, and then I was like, point number two, I was like, I have a doctor's appointment on Monday. I told you I would reschedule it because we're short staffed on Monday because like mm-hmm. one of the people was taking the dog to see oncology and then Aww. the other person was taking a mental health day. And so I was like, well, they're, allowed deal. I'll just res- they're allowed, they're allowed to do that. And, and none of us are bitter about this. Can I just point that out? Like none of my staff is bitter Aww. that so-and-so is going to take the dog to oncology. So-and-so is taking mental health day. Jordan has a doctor's appointment. So I was like, no big deal. I'll just cancel. Like I'll reschedule my doctor's appointment. It's just a recheck. Like I'm not overly worried about it. My boss was like, don't you dare go manage for an hour and a half without you. Just come <laughs> back when you're done and like, it'll be fine. And I was like, no, cause like, I don't want to leave you guys hanging or whatever. And he's like, don't you cancel that appointment. You can go home for the rest of the day. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's just like, he's like, I got your bag. <laughs> yeah. So you don't find that everywhere, but I think it no, took, definitely not. It took training on all of our parts because I've definitely worked in those places where when someone took a day off, I was like, why do they get a day off? You know, it's like, yeah, I've worked in those places where I felt very negative. So, well, and I, and I think, um, because there's there's the whole like so we talk about like training and behavior and all that stuff for animals newsflash humans are animals as well right so that's the thing like when we're over threshold which a lot of us are this last year it, it things don't function the way that they should right we lash out at our our coworkers or mm-hmm. all these other things so i think taking a step back, getting us under threshold again to a place where we're feeling a little bit healthier ourselves, you know, then we can start focusing on the positives and really start building on that and repairing our mental health. Right. Um, I think that's all part of it. And I, and it's, you know, like that's that whole like compassion, stress, the stuff that we can deal with, when it becomes more and more and escalates, that's that compassion fatigue. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and there's been a lot of talk about compassion fatigue versus burnout. So let's just, let's just go through the list on this. So compassion fatigue is a state of exhaustion and biologic 
physiologic and emotional dysfunction resulting from prolonged exposure to compassion stress. So the normal things that we've talked about. Individuals who experience compassion fatigue feel overwhelmed from bearing the suffering of others. So whether that's our patients, our clients, our coworkers, but typically continue engage, to engage in self-sacrifice in the interest of their patients and clients. So like, you know, not going to your recheck appointment. <laughs> like I said, I said, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> okay. I mean, we all, we all do it. Um, factors that place individuals more at risk for experiencing compassion fatigue or high empathy, a history of traumatic experience and the existence of unresolved trauma. High empathy, I think is one of the things in veterinary medicine we all have Mm -hmm. because we can empathize with our patients. Factors that affect the severity of the compassion fatigue are the duration of the experience, the potential for reoccurrence exposure to death and dying and the pressure of moral conflict. Oh yeah. I see that come up a lot in some of these group chats about like, yeah. and I so think, and so let an assistant do this. And I've had that at clinics too, where I'm just like, but that's mm-hmm. my job. And it's well, and again, like a lot if of you're stuff over really threshold, if you're over threshold, little, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. Like, yeah. Like you've, you've experienced so many things over and over again, and you've not been given that time to heal from that stress. It's just going to like get worse and worse. And you're going to get more and more frustrated and you're just going to become fatigued because you can't deal with it anymore. You say not be given the time to deal with the stress, but clearly people like me have a bad habit of not taking the time to deal with the stress. Like I don't, Well, and that's because, and that's because you're a very empathetic person. I'm very empathetic. I don't want my staff members. <laughs> I don't want my staff members to suffer. I don't want my boss to suffer and I don't want the patients to suffer. Like, right. and I, I feel like we all have to be good about remembering if we don't take care of ourselves, other people are going to feel it and it's going to be worse for them too, or worse for our patients. Yeah. Well, and and I if think we, we don't, all forget that <laughs> if we don't take care of ourselves, it's not, it's a very, very short road to compassion fatigue where you just lose your empathy and then burnout where you just don't care at all. And it's like, I care so much that to get to the point where I don't care at all is really hard on me when I come to realize how I've performed my job when I'm in burnout mode. Well, and I think so burnout, let's just give the definition for that. Right. So burnout is a psychological syndrome that involves prolonged response to chronic interpersonal stressors on the job. Um, and that's burnout is usually, usually more people related than animal related, if that makes sense. Um, it's typified by emotional exhaustion, cynicism, personal inefficiency and ineffectiveness in the work environment. So this is where you have like, it's, it's, you've burnt it out. Like you have burnt your candle to the end because you have been over threshold for so long. You've been unable to like refill your emotional well. And now you're just like, I have nothing left to give. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, that's where mistakes happen. That's where, um, you know, you don't catch things because you're, you're, you just don't have it in you anymore. Right. And that's where this is too, though, where we take out our aggression on our clients. 
Like I've been here. Yeah. I'm not proud of the times where like I've had a client call at five o'clock or five 30 and we close at six and they're like, so-and-so has got a really bad ear infection. And, and then, you know, <laughs> you just have that tone of your voice where you clearly don't care. And you're like, well, you can come on Monday. And they're like, I don't think that they can wait through the weekend. And you're frustrated. And yeah. so, you know, like, you know how people have had the tone with you. I'm sure like people oh, have sure. the tone with me where they're just, <laughs> I think my husband has that tone with me. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you walk out of a place or a business and you're like, well, this person really loves their job, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Burnout can happen anywhere, anywhere. right? Not just, we were just talking about this, <laughs> obviously. Right. So I think, you know, again, we talked about it last week where it was your mental health is a spectrum just because you are at one place or another does not keep you there. So, you know, sometimes we have to do the hard work and the training and put in the hours to bring ourselves out of burnout, to bring us out of compassion fatigue, get back to kind of the compassion stress of our job. Cause we will have stressors in our job. I don't think there's ever going to be a veterinary job that does not have some sort of stressors, right? but we can work on it, focus on those positive things. And, you know, we kind of de-escalate, like we're not at DEF CON four anymore. We're at DEF CON one, right? So again, <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can, we can go through those gradients. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that, you know, so you can have compassion fatigue and you can have burnout. You can have one or the other, you can have neither. The other one that gets kind of thrown into this is depression. Depression is a, um, so it's a, it's a disorder. It's, it is common, unfortunately. Um, but it's a serious medical illness that affects how that negatively affects how you feel the way you think and how you act. Depression is different than compassion, fatigue, and burnout, but you can have, you can have all three of them together. You can have one or the other, you can have two, not the other one. So I think knowing what these definitions are, knowing what to look for is going to help you when we talk about like, how do you even figure this out? Yeah. And when I, so we're going to get personal here for a second, because depression for me is obviously at the forefront. Like I'm still battling depression. Um, But it took me, I don't know being talked to by friends (laughs) (laughs) to say that something was going on. But for me, when I went to the doctor and I was trying to tell her how I was feeling, it was very difficult because I didn't know how to put it into words. Like I didn't, I was like, the things that used to make me happy, it sounds so cliche too, but the things that used to make me happy aren't like, I don't feel anything from them. Like I don't feel Mm. satisfied, but I don't feel disappointed. Like I'm now back to work, but like, I don't feel better. Yeah. It's kind of like how I would say it. And I was like, and then I started going to the gym. Cause usually that works for me too. Cause like, I usually, when I go to the gym, I get this rush of just energy and like, I feel good. And I'm thinking about like what I can do to my body to like, make me happy. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't working. And then what really got me, and this is the day that I cried and I scheduled my doctor's appointment <laughs> was that. I was at a gymnastics meet for Bailey and I wasn't 
like, I love watching her do gymnastics Mm. and competing. I love it. Like, I love being there to support her and the fact that I'm sitting there and like, I don't know how to explain feeling nothing, Mm. but like the fact that she did really well and she scored well and she was proud. And I had this just kind of shit eating look on my face. And I was like, like, cool. Yeah. I just, I was like, whoa, like that's not right. And then she got disappointed because she scored low on something else. And I was just like, brush it off. Like Mm. you're, you know, I didn't do my normal, like, it's okay. This is like your first meet. Like, it's not a big deal. Like you got this, like you're strong. You you know, I was very cold and I didn't like it. And it took that and my daughter seeing it, unfortunately, like I still hurts today, (laughs) but like it took my daughter seeing that I didn't care Mm. for me to realize I didn't care. Well, and I think again, I think that's because we haven't had the education or the training or anything to really understand it and to well monitor for it exactly but I think for me too in that moment of like those weeks of me not caring I remember telling Matt I was like it's almost refreshing to not be worried about something and to not care like I was like because like I made my mom mad and like normally that eats me up inside and I was like it's it's a nice break to not let that eat me up and to not care. I was like, but then when it affected my children, I was like, well, and I think that was because again, you were over threshold and it it is sometimes a protective mechanism, right. For us to just like shut down for sure. Be like, okay. It was just tough. It's, it's tough to explain to a doctor of how, like I was crying all the time. So I felt like something something in me cared but like I didn't know what I was crying about I didn't know and then like I said when I felt like I made someone mad it didn't bother me and it didn't Mm -hmm. like and it was just that refreshing sense of like this is what it's like to be just to be able to turn it off you know yeah. It was like there was some switch I flipped. Like, you know, if you've watched the vampire diaries and like you turn off your <laughs> oh humanity switch. That's what well, I did. I was just you like know what's funny is I was like, oh yeah. And then you said it. And I'm like, great. We both apparently watched that. Yeah. That's such a good show. It's such a good show. It was. Um, but that was me. And that's exactly what I felt like. I just turned it off and I'm like, well, great. Stefan and what's Damien had depression. Like mad crazy. <laughs> had vampire <laughs> but, depression. Yeah. And just like they didn't care about murdering tons of people. And I was like, and that's where I got. I was like, this is except for I didn't oh murder anybody. God. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm a psychologist now based off of the vampire diaries. Oh geez. <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, so, so that was my own personal experience with like realizing I had depression. Right. Yeah. And like I said, it wasn't, it had to do with veterinary medicine, but it wasn't caused by veterinary medicine. Well, and I think like, it wasn't caused it, by clients. Yeah, and I think and, the reason it had to do with veterinary medicine is because that's a huge part of your life. It was a huge thing that <laughs> made me feel satisfied and yeah. I didn't have that anymore. Yeah. Um. So we just, we have a couple of, uh, some symptoms just to kind of put those out there to think about. So some symptoms of compassion fatigue is feelings of failure, guilt, self-doubt, sadness, and powerlessness, loss of sleep, 
reduced sense of uh, reduced (laughs) sense of efficacy on the job or speaking apparently um (laughs) difficulty concentrating feeling overwhelmed by obligations Hmm. i do that one a lot (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh that's mine right there uh apathy and emotional numbness um secretive addictions or self-medicating in a variety of ways isolation and withdrawal exhaustion intrusion symptoms and thought streams nightmares bottled up emotions and pessimism so that is compassion fatigue um again you don't have to have all of them you can have one you can have a couple you you could have all of them i hope you don't but it's possible uh burnout so um so this is so burnout symptoms some of the things you can watch out with in your in your practice is it because again (laughs) I think this is like unicorn clinic. I think, I think it's that whole, like, where is the individual in a mental health place? And then where's Mm -hmm. the practice in a mental health place? And I think unicorn clinics are like at the top of the pyramid of of Mavlov's pyramid, right? Where Mm self-actualization and we feel amazing. I think that's a unicorn clinic. And I think we can all get there. My positivity getting in there. So, um, so if so, things to look for in your in your team that you're working with is decreased motivation and interest in work. If you see like your go getters not really being like, I'm not going to put in the extra effort, right? That could be something. Um, disillusionment with career choices. So everybody being like, I really can't believe that I'm in veterinary medicine. I want to get out Mm -hmm. (laughs) resentment towards clients and pets. I think that one, I think that one almost comes first. Um, (laughs) cause you know, the client, the client bashing, the client bashing, the feeling and sounding annoyed to a client when you pick up the phone and they need something. Yeah. Um, but it's also too, like, I don't feel like going to work today. I don't want to deal with these clients. You know, it's like, so if, if you're noticing your team in general, it, it could be they're experiencing burnout and, and they're lashing out. So don't just get mad at them for inappropriate behaviors, figure out what the root cause of it is and look, okay. So are we burnt out? Or are we just being jerks? Cause there's and I think too, this is the part where like, as like management though, too, people might not realize that they're experiencing burnout. So oh, a thousand percent to, to lash out and be like, why on earth would you talk to that client that way? That's not how we do things here. Yep. I think it's one of those things where it's like, you got to sit down and have a real conversation. Yes. Like it's not okay to talk to clients certain ways. Like it's not, but why, um, what, but why what when- button was just pushed that yeah. Got you over threshold with that particular client. Yeah. But I also think as a manager too, you need to kind of take a step back and realize like, are you the one capable of talking to so-and-so about possible <laughs> or are you experiencing it too? Right. Because if it's just going to turn into a bashing <laughs> session yes. about a client, then it's like, well, shoot, maybe you're going through some burnout too. You know, it's like, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have our days. Like, yep. I think we just need to be a little bit more supportive of ourselves and each other. Yeah. Some other thing, uh, one other thing to look at is the overall just like low mood and feelings of sadness that might be in, in your clinic. Um, and it was interesting because I remember last year, sometime in the middle of the year or towards the end of the year, um, there was a day where all of us were just like laughing and giggling and just being like goofballs. 
-hmm. And I remember distinctly looking at one of my coworkers and I was like, wow, this is the first time I've heard laughing in months in our clinic. And it was just one of those things where I went, holy crap. Like we haven't been laughing since this COVID thing started because we've all been so burnt out and it, you know, and, and as a manager, that's something to notice, like laughing is not a bad thing. Right. I think there was an episode on, I want to say it was the vet folio podcast. I'll have to double check which one it was. Um, but they were talking about, you know, as a manager, do you just squash any kind of laughing, giggling and all that stuff? And it's like, Mm-hmm. not necessarily you, you don't necessarily want to do that because it's a stress reliever again if it's in the middle of like a euthanasia like and there's a bunch of people in the back being loud and rude or they're not doing their work that's one thing but if it's like at the end of the day and you guys are still cleaning and you guys are giggling and laughing or you're just like you know whatever you're restraining for an ultrasound and the animal's obviously not distressed like it's okay to do that um, so I think, I think it, it, it is all of our responsibility to see what the health status of our clinic is too. For sure. Because maybe it's like, if you notice something's going wrong, um, with a coworker, then maybe you can talk to your office manager and be like, Hey, you know, sure. I think so-and-so just isn't feeling right. Like, is there anything I can do to like step in and help her while she takes a break? Like, you know, yeah. or maybe you could talk to her and just see, you know, it's, it, we're all team and we're all in this together and we all have the same end game and that's to help animals right like yeah so some physical signs and symptoms (laughs) seriously physical signs and symptoms of burnout is feeling drained tired most of the time lowered immunity and frequent illnesses so you know if you're working overnight and (laughs) just saying uh, frequent headaches. I don't like that we call pain. each other out on these episodes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least you can do it back to me. Like with this one, frequent headaches or muscle pain. Hello. What was the uh, thyroid thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Brain tumor. <laughs> I don't have the brain tumor. <laughs> no, you know, of. well, that's true. The last time I was scanned was probably 10 years ago now. Um, change in appetite or sleep habits. Those are physical symptoms emotional signs mm-hmm. and symptoms of burnout, sense of failure and self-doubt, feeling helpless, trapped, defeated, detached, feeling alone in the world, loss of motivation, increasingly cynical and negative outlook, decreased satisfaction and sense of accomplishment. I believe I had all of those middle to end of last year. <laughs> I know. I feel very attacked by I, know, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I can handle this conversation right now. Um, behavioral signs and symptoms of burnout, withdrawing from responsibilities. <laughs> I must start stress sweating right now. <laughs> um, isolating yourself from others. Cool. procrastinating and taking longer to get things done. <gasps> Lord almighty. I can't, I can't right now. It's too much. All right. Yvonne needs to take some self <laughs> self-care time here. I did. I've got, I just, I very much got into this bad. You, um, you're on your upswing for sure. I am on my upswing. Thank God. Uh, using food or drugs or alcohol to cope, um, taking out your frustration on others. So that's that whole lashing out at your coworkers, <coughs> veterinary industry, <coughs> oh. bullying in general could be a sign of burnout in your clinic. 
Just okay. saying. Um, skipping work or coming in late and leaving early. So those are all burnout. When we're talking about depression, right? They can be mild to severe. So again, you can have one, you can have both burnout, depression, compassion fatigue could be all of them. I hope it's not all of them because that's a heavy, heavy load. Um, so feeling sad or having a depressed mood, what that means is just like, it's squashed. Like Jordan was describing instead of feeling happy, you just kind of feel blah, like the needle never moves. Mm-hmm. Um, loss of interest or pleasure in activities once enjoyed <laughs> changes in <laughs> appetite, weight loss, or gain unrelated to diet, uh, or dieting, excuse me, loss of energy and or increased fatigue, <laughs> Okay. Trouble sleeping or sleeping too much. Right. Um, increase in purpose, purposeless physical ex- activity. So inability to sit still pacing, hand wringing or slowed movements or speech. These can be severe enough to be an obstacle for a lot of other things. Um, feeling worthless or guilty, difficulty thinking, concentrating, making decisions, thoughts of suicide or death. Um, so, you know, th- this is the, I feel like depression can be the scary one. Most of the time, sure. compassion, fatigue, and burnout aren't the ones that are going to push you over the edge. Right. But I think they can very much lead to depression. And very much so. It's very much a slippery slope, I feel. Yes. And I think um, in our profession, we've seen we've seen a lot of suicides, I think this year, or at least been made aware of them. Um, and I think we need to take a look at ourselves and just try to try to try to get out of there. Cause it's a scary place sometimes to me. Yeah. And I gotta say coming from my own place of like depression, like I didn't talk to anybody about it. I didn't really know what I was going through for sure. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where like, Thank goodness I really did have like a good support system at work though, too, because my office manager was like, do you need time off? What do you need? Do you want to work more? You know, Mm -hmm. like we had Mm -hmm. conversations about where I was like, I'm not really sure what I need. Well, and that's like like the worst part when you don't know, you're like, I don't know what I need. Yeah. But it's it's not whatever I'm doing. (laughs) Well, I remember what this was like last summer where like my boss and I were just butting heads worse than we ever have before we were lashing out at each other which we've never done like him and I are like family right and my office manager was like why don't you take a week off like I'm going to talk to him and you know it was just one of those things where it was like something was clearly off with both of us I think Mm. and then it turned into like okay well I'll take some time off um but he was very good about reaching out to me as well and apologizing and we ended up talking about how he's going through stuff I'm going through stuff like I'm needed but do you need time off you know it's one of yeah. those things where it's like thank god we're very much like a family because like we all knew something was wrong but like none of us knew how to fix it right. but just talking about it really made a difference even yeah. though I gotta say like I mean other than like us butting heads like nothing really changed like I took I think a day off and realized I was like no no that's not what I need I need to be at work (laughs) right yeah you know but it was just nice that they let me kind of do whatever I wanted to figure out what I needed yeah well and and we talked about this a little bit well not a little bit we've talked about this a couple times where you know with mental health 
right? Other medical conditions can totally mimic some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially depression, I feel like that one's a big one. Um, so for me, <laughs> like examples of thyroid and mm-hmm. vitamin D deficiency can mimic depression. But once you correct that un- again, which one's primary, which one's secondary? Cause that's how we talk in internal medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, so just making sure you, you know, your biochemistry because that can affect your, your, your brain. Cause it's chemicals in your brain, um, genetics, right. If you have people in your family that, um, have some mental health illnesses, those mm-hmm. are, those are things to kind of think about and, and check yourself, your personality. So people that have low self-esteem or low self-worth can be overwhelmed very easily by different things um, and environmental factors. So, you know, continuous exposure to violent neglect, abuse, or poverty can make some people more vulnerable to to depression. You mean like being a single vet tech on a vet tech salary? Yeah. You know, (laughs) So, so those are things, those are definitions. Those are things to look at. And, but I think Jordan and I talked about this. We're going to end on compassion satisfaction. Yes. Because, because I don't want to talk about all these sad things anymore. I don't want to talk about depression anymore. (laughs) It's making me depressed. Right. So there was this amazing article in today's veterinary nurse. um, And it's on the website. We'll link to it. It's called the antidote to compassion fatigue which, uh, I was like, holy crap. So, uh, it was written by Julie Squires. Um, she's not a tech as far as I understand, but I think she's been kind of related to the veterinary industry for a long time. Um, but she also talked about compassion, satisfaction, and, and we know this. So we talked about it, like thankful clients, puppies, kittens, um, the patients that get better. Those are, you know, things that we love or, you know, feeling pride in our work, educating clients, caring for our patients, learning new skills, working as a team, making a difference in someone's life. Like all those things that just make you feel good. Right. And I Um, think, I think this would be a good tool to put into clinics where like, if at the end of the day, like when you do rounds, like end the day on something positive, you know, Hey hey team, what did we do today? The amazing things that you did that day. Yeah. Like we vaccinated four puppies who will not get distemper now, you know, it's like, and they all like, you know, didn't want to eat us afterwards. They got cookies and they were cute. (laughs) We did have a caution come in that didn't bite anybody because we handled out our patients properly. (laughs) You know, it's like little things like that. Those are big wins. Like, well, and I, and we have, um, we have a board at work that's called shout, like our shout out board. Um, we didn't have it for a while, but they brought it back, which I was really glad for because it helps us focus on the positive things. So, you know, maybe we're, you know, if, if, if internal medicine for vet techs had one, I would put one up that said, thank you, Jordan, for always editing the episodes <laughs> <laughs> and doing an amazing job at it. Um, so, you know, it's like, it's one of those, like, it helps you train your brain to like, see the positive things and not just always be like, Oh, if I talk or if I tell my boss about the crap thing, my coworker did that gets the most, you know, attention or whatever. You yeah. Know, whatever or that makes is. me look better because I didn't do that. You know, Oh right. God, I can't stand that. <laughs> yes. Um, 
And, and it's, and it's one of those things, the more we practice at it, the, the better we get at noticing the good things. And, you know, I like, it's one of those things, like you just notice them and then you store it away in your heart, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? You're just like, Ooh, going to put that one there to remember in the future. <laughs> like I definitely, you know, I have, I have some cards that clients have written to us over the years on the inside of one of my cabinets. And sometimes I just open it and I look at it and I'm like, Oh yeah, I I think that's that patient. And I love that they gave us this card, you know? And yeah, (sighs) Yeah. I think that's too, where you you know how you always try to tell me that I should journal. Um, (laughs) and I haven't yet, but I would like to start because like journaling something positive that I can go back and read on those days that I'm just really feeling not good. Like I just, be great. You know, like, dude, I had a client call me cute the other day and it was a woman. Um, so it wasn't creepy. Um, but it was just like, nice. She's like, Oh, you're cute. And I was like, I'm going to have to tell my husband that she's like, well then you're sexy. And I was like, Oh, like it was just a fun little, (laughs) yeah, it was just like a fun little banter with a client that I was like, you know, it's like stupid little things like that really just make a difference. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and, so she actually talks about reflection and writing stuff too, which is really cool. So definitely check out the, the journal, the article that she wrote, because she has some really good questions that you can ask yourself, um, and just, just write on it, you know, get, and sometimes writing is very cathartic, right. And it just like gets it out of your head and, and then you can start focusing, on the happy things that, that warms your heart, that makes you go, this is why I'm in veterinary medicine. This is why I love what I do. This is why, you know, I've spent 17 years in a career that everybody keeps talking about how crappy it is, but it's not. (laughs) Yes. There are some aspects that are crappy, but, but it's gotten better. Right. And if we continue to, (sighs) practice getting better, you know, it's one step at a time. We'll get there. You know, we, we just have to, we just have to follow some medical advice sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) which involves doctors and going to them sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) It's, you know, it's funny because I'll go back and listen to this episode at some point and be like, again, do as I say, not as I do. Oh, I know. Yeah. I may have to listen to this episode every few months and be like, all right, girl, get your, get your stuff together. What (laughs) symptoms do I have? (laughs) It's time to take a break. Yeah. It's the tip of the week. So tip of the week, uh, I would say love yourself. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And again, we're, I think, is it next week we're planning on just kind of taking a look at where we're at with things taking. Yeah. So we'll, and, and again, this episode is a really good one to just know, you know, what things are, look at the symptoms and you can start really thinking about where you're at already. Um, and, and seeing, okay, where, where am I at in my, my health mm-hmm. right now? Um, it's hard. What, what are things that might, I might need to look at? Right. Yeah. Reach out to us if you want to. And now for the question of the week. I'm going to, I'm going to say question of the week. We're going to focus on some positivity. Um, what are some of the things about veterinary medicine that you love that just make you the happiest? It could have been a patient. It could have been a successful outcome. 
It could have been a client interaction. It could have been the first time you spoke at a conference, whatever it is, <laughs> maybe it's, you just passed your boards. I don't, whatever makes you happy, whatever is something that you can help focus your, your attention on, you know, can I start, start with making, um, our own veterinary unicorns. Yeah. How's that? So my thing that I am happy that I saw in veterinary medicine this week is that my coworker took that dog who is young and unfortunately going to die young of cancer. And she did a very selfless act of, you know, knowing that it's going to kind of break her heart a little bit, but this dog's going to have like an amazingly loving home with this girl Mm -hmm. for her, her last days. And it's just, and she's taking her to go get chemo. You know, it's like, she's giving her the love that this dog deserves, even though she knows it's going to hurt herself later. Well, and it's, you know, if for her, that's one of the things where you can use your tech skills and it's quality of life, right? She's giving quality of life. Like, cause unfortunately like the house wasn't that great that it came from. And it's, she's really, you know, we always say that dogs deserve more. And like this dog is getting Mm. everything that it deserves being with her. Like, it's just like, I'm so proud to know a person so selfless and it's like, you know, when that time does come and she's going to be brokenhearted, like take as much time off as you need. Like I got your back because of what you did. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, that makes me happy. (laughs) Um, for me, I know this is really weird, but, um, (laughs) I got a new cat two days ago. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and he's, well and I think it's funny because I reached out on Facebook to I was like I tried getting in touch with a bunch of rescues and and nobody was getting back to me and I'm like there is no way that there's no cats anywhere right (laughs) and then everybody uh was so amazing and like kind of showed me some different animals and um it was fun seeing all the the well I don't know fun it was it was good seeing all these options and trying to figure out what's up and um, our, this, this, his name from the rescue is Biscayne, which is, uh, it's not staying, but we just have to figure out what his name is going to be. Um, but it was one of those things where I was like, wow, you know, we, we have the ability to give a cat a home. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's not like he's a replacement for any of our cats. Dude, you can't replace but, pumpkin anyway. Right. Um, and you know, I, yeah, yeah. Like my Nicodemus didn't have to have back surgery. That was very exciting this week. Mm -hmm. I went to see the neurologist who I used to work with and I got to see, I don't know, 10 or 12 people that I used to work with. And it was, it was awesome to see them. And it warmed my heart when they came out to see me because they recognized my car. Nice. (laughs) So that was really cool. So I would say, um, yeah, those are things that were pretty awesome this last week. Yeah. And, uh, you know what else is pretty awesome? I'm going to throw one more thing in there. Okay. The fact that people actually listen to us to learn something. Oh my God. And like better their tech game. Like, yeah, that's a mind blowing thing. Like, it's still mind blowing. Yeah. Like, our goal was to educate people, and like, people actually say that we're educating them. <laughs> right. And it's amazing. 
Uh, I know you guys. Listening- that and people like our personalities apparently too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everybody that's listening. Thank you. Um, I know that for both Jordan and I, when we were probably at our rock bottom, there was never a point where we said we wanted to stop the podcast. Like that was never even a conversation. Yeah. Yes. We kind of took a step back from some of the other things because we were so overwhelmed and over threshold, but the podcast was one thing that I think kept us going. Um, because I'm, I think because of everybody listening that reached out to us and for sure, you know, that and I think part of a family, I think to know, because I didn't, we didn't have the ability to kind of reach our full potential with like lectures and stuff like that, to hear from people who listen to us and say that we made a difference, Mm. I think really helped me to not sink further into like, what am I doing with my life? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So this podcast is definitely part of our, uh, mental health, <laughs> which is also why we're doing this series. So there, so. all right, you guys, um, enough of this heavy talk today. <laughs> so, uh, let us know what your happy memory is or something that just makes you have some compassion, satisfaction, um, in veterinary medicine. We'd love to know it. If you have pictures, cool. If you have a video, cool, whatever you want to share, share it. Um, so yeah, let us know what makes you happy. All right, guys, anything else we need to talk about? Nope. Cool. All right. (laughs) This was supposed to be a quick episode and it's not, I'm sorry. All right, you guys have a wonderful week. Focus on some positive. Let's make some unicorn clinics out there. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, guys. Yeah. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast. And make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.